Welcome back to Diamond Gems. I am your host, Jacob Coates, and today I am joined by my brother and co-host, Isaac. Isaac, how are things? Things are good. Feeling almost hungover from our vacation now. Came home and it was 12 degrees and pouring rain all day. It's finally looking nice. So uh, back to reality. It's uh, not as nice as our little vacay dream we had going. But how are you doing today? I'm mid, bro. I'm pretty mid right now. I'm not going to lie. I missed vacation already. So for Mm. those of you who don't know, we were, I mean, you probably, if you're an actual listener of this show, you may have noticed that there's been two weeks without an episode. That is because we were just on a two-week vacation in South Carolina. And I brought my microphone for us to record while we were there, but we were so tuned out of the baseball world that there was absolutely no point in us trying made to no sense. record an episode because it would have been like the worst episode of all time. Probably we would have just been like looking at the standings and being like, Oh cool. Like this team's nine and one in their last 10. Wow. Like we literally had absolutely zero idea. I've never been, I have never been that disconnected from the baseball season while the baseball season is going on. I don't think I, that was I was so tuned out. We had so much going on in South Carolina. We were golfing. We were there. We were in South Carolina for 10 days. And I think we were I, there for a little, more than 10 days. 11, maybe? Nights. 11 yeah. or 12. I don't know. We had, the whole trip was more was like two weeks. But yeah. in South yeah, Carolina know, specifically, man. we were there for like 11 days. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's all the same. But... Well, I was just saying as reference, in those 11 days, Isaac, didn't you play nine rounds of golf? Did play nine rounds of golf. Yeah, and I played seven. (laughs) So we were out on the course a lot. I also camped on the way down at a place called Grayson Highlands National Park, which is in Virginia. And there was, I was up in the mountains with zero service. So, you know, couldn't really tune into the baseball then either. So... Yeah, we've been we've been off the grid. We've been living life. It's uh it was it was a treat. It was a treat to go down south. Like Isaac said, we are kind of back to reality now. Uh the weather here is significantly worse than it was in South Carolina. And also just the, you know, the the way of living is just significantly worse. I realized immediately <laughs> after I came back into Ontario that, you know, this place sucks compared to where we were we were we were were driving back and i get stuck in traffic on the friggin' qew and we're looking for a place to get some food so we pull over we pop a barberito into our phone and end up at the dixie outlet mall in mississauga and my god that place is horrendous just a truly truly horrendous place on earth dirtiest grossest mall i've ever been in in my entire life and you know instantly you're reminded of COVID again you know it was kind of fun when we were in the states just pretending COVID didn't exist that was a that was a great time so that was uh it was a different experience for sure and now it's back and instantly the stress levels are are going up again but uh yeah you know this isn't this isn't my therapist I guess I shouldn't be bitching about all this stuff so we should (laughs) what else is on your mind today sir well I have a lot on my mind so just 
for anyone that is new to the show, we don't normally just talk about random shit for a while. We normally talk baseball. This is a baseball podcast. We like talking about baseball. We love talking about baseball. We love baseball. We love watching baseball. But we haven't been watching baseball. So we're just kind of using this episode almost as a check-in. And then next week, we will be coming back with more consistent content, both on social media and in our podcasts and delivering fantasy advice and news and all of the recent stuff that people kind of have relied on us for, uh, you know, they can tune in and and get that information from us. This episode is not going to be that. We are basically going to, you know, talk about a couple of little things and then we're going to check in on um, our, our preseason predictions. So, I actually don't even remember what episode we did our our projections in. I think we kind of split up like some of the projections across a couple episodes, but we basically did projections for like division winners, player awards, uh, those type of things. And, you know, we're a month into baseball now. So why don't we kind of look at those things and check in on on where we're at? So that's something that I I, we're going to touch on for sure. And I might even add a little fantasy loop at the end. I'm not going to record it in this setting, Isaac, that me and you are doing right now. But I think this evening I'm going to come back and, and just throw a little bit, a quick fantasy note section to the end of it. So if you're into fantasy baseball and looking for some fantasy advice, that will be coming uh, in a quick, easy format at the end of this episode. But Isaac, the, the real important question I want to ask you before we you know, talk baseball and all that is what are your thoughts on Kendrick Lamar's new album? My God, if you don't think this is a masterpiece, go listen to Jack Harlow and don't talk about rap music ever again. Um, (laughs) I don't, it is incredible. Absolutely incredible. He's gone for five years. Doesn't drop a single aside from the heart part five, which is incredible it, like just an incredible thing to do for an artist is this he like obviously Kendrick Lamar is one of the most talented vocalists artists writers of our generation and possibly ever all time and for him to go this way a non-commercial album and just create this amazing work of art that I mean you can just sit and digest every hour of the day I don't know it's incredible crazy double album double album double album it all kind of feels like one album i had the i i sat down with it for the second time today and i it it did feel i figured out today because i was just listening on spotify i don't have like the actual hard copy of it but on spotify it's all just in there kind of as one album it doesn't have your disc one disc two separation so you're kind of left to figure it out on your own and i figured out that it ended at purple hearts today but yeah there's people some people are hating on it but i who's hating on it you know the people who are the people who are hating on it are the people who think damn was kendrick's best album and well to be fair damn favorite kendrick thinks damn is lamar is dna is you know dna or or humble yeah, well, exactly. to be fair, Kendrick says Damn is his best album, and Damn is damn near perfection as well. Damn is but fantastic. it's a commercial success. It's a completely different album. 
People were expect people who were expecting damn obviously didn't listen to to Pimp a Butterfly. <laughs> like like he's this he makes what he want he makes the music he wants to make. It's much more conceptual and introspective and yeah. real. It, it wasn't made for pumping out hits or anything like that. And so I think the real like rap fans and the real Kendrick yeah. Lamar fans love and will love for a long time and and deeply appreciate this album and some of the things that he talked about and touched on on this album are extremely deep and i really appreciated it and you know some of the songs are a little bit hard to digest and listen to on the first and even the second listen i think you probably know which song i'm I'm talking about in in particular but it it was it's definitely a heavier album but it's it's worth a listen And make sure you're listening to the lyrics, unlike our father, who was tuning in and out for specific parts and uh, did not get the vibe of the album whatsoever. <laughs> Look, for, honestly, for people that didn't like this album, I feel like you just have to recognize that Kendrick Lamar, if he wants to make a number one hit, he's going to make a number one hit. Like, this isn't just some guy that is reaching for the top of the chart series putting everything out there mm-hmm. i don't know it was beautiful doesn't have to be drake yeah that's that's true anyways isaac like i said we played a lot of golf uh over the 10 days of our vacation um i think we we were just discussing before the show that we're gonna have uh we're, we'll probably do an episode of scramble squad tomorrow scramble yeah. squad listeners the golf podcast by Shape by Sports have also been aware that we have been taking some time for ourselves on that podcast as well, and yeah, looking to that jump podcast back into especially, it. <laughs> yeah, looking to looking to jump back into it now, and uh, you know, over our trip, we had the pleasure of playing at some unbelievable golf courses. So, our episode that we're going to record tomorrow night and then probably release on like Wednesday is is yeah, going to be, we'll be breaking Wednesday. breaking that down breaking down all the courses that we went to in Myrtle Beach area we call it Myrtle Beach because that's we where didn't play around in know. Myrtle Beach exactly it's Polly's Island South Carolina slash Myrtle's Inlet slash Surfside Beach depending where what course we were playing but uh yeah it just if slash, um, interested <clears throat> in like somewhere in North Carolina exactly, golfers may be yes. familiar with we'll hint there but uh I guess no spoilers Isaac but who won the Coatsy Classic South this year no spoilers <laughs> well it depends who you ask <laughs> well we you and I both recognize the legitimate winner and that was you thank you Thank like you congratulations, Jacob. You you played the best golf out of the three of us who mm-hmm. were all playing horrible golf until until the the final round at the special course. I don't think I mean maybe that front nine was a little awful, but got shit together a bit. Um, I mean if you ask our father, he will say, "Oh, he won the last round, which apparently to him was the most important round. He won than just the score." the low score and he said that's the most important thing but um apparently he couldn't win any other category over the other four rounds of golf so i, yeah. I don't know so 
I was am a, the almost a clean sweep for Jacob. It it was damn near a clean sweep. But yes. uh, thank you, Isaac. I really appreciate you manning up and and mentioning that yes. on the podcast. I can admit it because I can admit it because I was not competitive the entire week. I just had a uh, a, few, I had, a little case of the yips. I had the yips. Like it was probably the worst golf I've ever played up until the back nine at the last course. So, I yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great though. Um, I bought a new baseball glove, Isaac. Did you see that? It's pretty exciting. I heard. I heard whispers while in the car on the way home. Yeah. Um, so, American listeners will know probably the Dick Sporting Goods fantastic establishment what a great store i realize every time i go to the states that dick sporting goods is like I-, I wish we had those in canada they always have like some sick deals on shit i mean w- it's also different we were shopping in in pennsylvania and they don't have sales tax on their on the stuff that you you purchase there which is super nice but yeah finally got a new glove my baseball season is starting for myself on Wednesday. And by baseball, I mean slow pitch. I am a slow mm. pitch player, not a not a baseball player. But I, I felt like, you know, I have established myself in this new league in Montreal as you know, what some might say an elite infielder. And how could I be an elite infielder, Isaac, playing infield with an outfielder's glove? So drop down to 11 and a quarter inches. So I, I'm not too sure how it's actually going to go with the big-ass softball in that glove. But I'm very excited to get my, my season started. I don't know what the listeners, what kind of baseball they're playing. You should drop a message probably on our Diamond Gems podcast Instagram page and, and let us know what you play. But my league, dude, is, is so sick. I, I don't know if I've talked about this on the show. But we literally, I mean, I play in this old man slow pitch league and we keep stats like we have an official website where you can go and look at each player's individual stats, the team stats. Um, We're having an all star game this year. It's they have like a full on draft every year as well. So I'm proud to say that I was a second round pick this season. It's just like. This is as close as I will ever get to the big leagues, Isaac, and I just felt like I needed to to talk about that on the show. So if anyone's ever looking for a league in Montreal, I highly recommend Kirkland Men's Slow Pitch League. It's so much fun, and I'm looking forward to getting started on that. What is this podcast, though? What I'm like, I'm just on here talking about slow pitch, Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> Apparently, this is a personal conversation podcast. Yeah, we're just we're just having a chat this week. Yeah, um, we don't have a Greg here, so we I don't mean, have Greg to keep us in. We're just in having line. a chat. <laughs> yeah. Keep it on baseball because uh, I'm assuming Greg's been more in touch with what's been going on in the major leagues, so um, it would have been helpful. It may have been nice, helpful, but he's at work right now, uh, unlike us, us bums. And yeah, the, I guess Isaac. One more thing unrelated to baseball, we should probably discuss is the fact that the fucking Leafs have lost another playoff series. 18 years, the Toronto Maple Leafs have gone without winning a playoff season or a, a playoff series. The last time they did so was in 2004. So just want to send our condolences, thoughts and prayers to Leafs fans across the world. Uh, our old, I have no our more old sympathy. man is claiming, he made a Facebook post recently that 
said that he it was, was too long. it's time to part ways with <laughs> with the with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, not sure how much that's going to hold how much he's actually going to keep that or if he's going to jump ship, but we just want to send never jump in ship. To- I I don't Jacob wants to send his condolences. <laughs> I don't have any more sympathy. Like you look at their track record at this point, you just have to just let it go. Move on. Find a different team. Like there's a there's a time when you move on and maybe move on from hockey altogether because the fact that Toronto can't get it done in the biggest market with the most money just goes to show that the sport of hockey is a, is a mess. Get rid of the salary cap or at least raise it so a team can actually spend some money. Well, well put, Isaac. Excellent Thank you. point. Just just be a baseball fan. Fuck hockey. Yeah. But they honestly, should be the Yankees. Yeah, for sure. They should be the Yankees. But if you still love hockey and would like to listen to hockey, go listen to the Left Side Lock Hockey Podcast. They're pumping out episodes every week still. They're more consistent than us, apparently. So Yes. And they actually talk hockey, yeah. you know? And uh unlike unlike us who are supposed to be talking baseball and are just continuing to not talk baseball for the last seventeen minutes. So, without further ado, Isaac, let's talk mm, some baseball. baseball. Here's the... I have <laughs> three points, basically, for recent news that I want to talk about. Number one, did you see that the Pittsburgh Pirates mm-hmm. won a game last night without getting a single hit? Look, we may have been living under a rock, but that's that's one thing that you couldn't miss. It's horrible. Know. Also, it's two bottom feeder teams that nobody cares about and still made headlines. Sorry, not nobody cares about because I'm a Pirates. I am a Pirates fan, and we know we have a Reds fan that follows this podcast as well. So, I mean, they are bottom feeder teams, very small market teams, and we still made a huge splash. Crazy. So, if you're wondering how the hell does a team win a game without getting a single hit? You might your first instinct might be to say, "Oh, they probably walked in a run." That's not actually what happened. It was basically a bases loaded situation, though I believe that the bases were walked lo- walked loaded. loaded. Yeah, by Hunter Green. Then they bring in a reliever, and he gives up a. Oh, Wasn't a he doesn't choice? give up. He allows a run to score because. Brian Hayes hits into a fielder's choice. That's how the game was decided yesterday. Just absolutely crazy. I don't know if it's... I'm sure it's happened before. But it has. It's it happened has? six times in Major League history. Wow. The last was in 2008. Now, I don't know if you remember that. I remember seeing a one nothing game. It was the Angels a long time ago. We were like young then. And I remember seeing the highlights for it. But I don't know who LA was playing, who the Angels were playing, but it was a one nothing game, a no hitter, and I was like just blown away. But honestly, it takes like two really bad teams for that to happen, I think. Because yeah. neither of those teams hit and they obviously they're both messes. They're both horrible baseball teams. Yeah. They can't get hits and I <laughs> it was crazy. I, I don't understand how a game can you like how do you feel like emotionally when that something like that happens being on the Reds side and even the Pittsburgh side like is both teams lost Yeah they they both caught <laughs> L's 
I, I think Pittsburgh from if I'm a Pittsburgh pirate at that time, you're just like kind of laughing it off like, well, that was the ugliest win that we'll ever get in our entire careers. And I think you just have to laugh it off and, and move forward. Uh, from the Reds, like how much more can this team just be absolutely beaten into the ground? Just a truly, truly horrendous baseball team. We talked about it last season or like in the preseason that we thought that this team was just going to be really, really bad. And I mean, they've, they've met the hype. They've exceeded the hype of how bad we thought they could be really like God, just truly, truly ugly. Let's see. What is the record right now? They are nine and 26. I remember at one point they were three and 16 and I made a little post about, uh, you know, three sticks. is, is Steve Austin stone cold. The Cincinnati Reds were stone cold at that time. They're six and four in their last ten. There, Isaac. So, uh, you know, watch out for those Cincinnati Look at Reds. Them I guess. Go. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that's that's just a little segment there for for Matt. Our, I don't know what 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 would you call it? Like our Cincinnati Reds stand, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So that 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 went down. The other thing was Reed Detmer's uh, rookie pitcher. I believe he's a rookie, if not like second year or something like that. Young guy uh, threw a no-hitter for the Los Angeles Angels in that same game, I believe. Was it the same game or was it in the same series? Anthony Rendon. Yeah, that was the same game. It was the same game. Okay, so it was basically a blowout for the Angels. They were winning like... 10 nothing or something at the time. 10 nothing and what's his face came in? Anthony Anthony Rendon no. comes up. Uh who's pitching? It was a Brett Phillips. Oh yeah, it was it was Brett Phillips. Yeah. So this was one of the <laughs> it was one of the like craziest games really I I could think of. Like just in terms of like baseball being fun. Like how much more fun can you have than I believe Mike Trout and Shohei Otani both homered in this game. Maybe Shohei didn't. But Mike Trout definitely hit a homer in the game. You got Reed Detmers throwing a no-hitter. And then you have Brett Phillips on the mound, which is always just fun to watch. Is it? <laughs> With the t- yeah, it is. With the 10 nothing lead, Anthony Rendon decides, you know what? I want to be a switch hitter today. Goes up left-handed and hits a home run from the opposite side of the batter's box. It was an ugly swing too. It was. He he absolutely golfed it out of there. It was just (laughs) the most uppercut, like uncomfortable swing. But when you got fifty four rainbow coming in, it it wouldn't be that hard to hit. I don't think. I've switch hit in slow pitch before, and that's basically what Brett Phillips delivers to these hitters. So, I mean, I thought it it was still pretty fun, pretty cool to watch. But the one thing, Isaac, I don't think people were talking about enough is no one mentioned anything about G-Man Choi doing this. Do you remember? Yeah. Was it last season or the year before? Don't remember. It was last season. Okay. Yeah, it was last season. G-Man Choi decided to switch hit against a real pitcher. Well, he had had previously switch hit, not not professionally, at least in the States. I think I forget what the whole thing going on was, 
but it was his first major league at bat, I believe, too. Um, and as a right-handed hitter. As yeah. a right-handed hitter. That was against the Jays, wasn't it? It was against the Jays. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that he was just really struggling against lefties that year and was like, why don't I it was just early try... in the season, though, I thought. Yeah. But yeah. But early yeah. struggles against lefties. Yeah, yeah. He was like, why don't I just try hitting right-handed and hit a home run off of an actual pitcher? So, or, yeah. Like, I, I don't understand why no one brought that up. It's like people just forgot Anthony Rendon, good for you, man. You hit a home run off of, off of a player, off of a position. Player and he didn't have fun doing it, I bet either. No, because he doesn't like. Baseball. Guy hates baseball. Guy hates baseball. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, he just he basically said this is just his occupation. He's. Uh, he, he, I we've people have stretched that so far. I, like that's not really necessarily the case. He said he doesn't like watch baseball games. More along along the lines of that. Anthony Rendon, noted baseball hater, hit a home <laughs> run from the left-hand side. Congratulations to him. Speaking of pitchers, players, position players pitching, did you see who was on the bump last night for the St. Louis Cardinals, Isaac? You know, if you had asked me, if I hadn't waited for you to get on to this call, then I wouldn't have known. So thank <laughs> you for making me wait. You're welcome. Because I saw it. On John Boy. Drum roll, Jacob. I don't know. You're saying it, by the way. Albert Pujols. It's the boy. There you go. <laughs> Evan Longoria knocked a single off of him and then requested that he get the baseball. That was probably the most fun part of this. Other takeaway I had was I like the St. Louis Cardinals Navy hats a lot, and I might be purchasing one of them. That's about all I got to say about that. Are you becoming a St. Louis fan? Or just one. Oh, dude, I've been a St. Louis fan. What do you mean? Yeah. You may have remembered, Isaac, that I predicted that the St. Louis Cardinals were going to win the NL East this year. Or, sorry, NL Central this year. Did you forget that? I may have forgotten that. I am on the St. Louis Cardinals bandwagon this year. Well, damn. Yes, sir. So do you buy a hat for each pick you make? Like you having the six hats? Only if I like the only if I like what they've got. Who would you pick in the AL West? In the AL West? Who would I Yes. Whose hat would I buy? Well I know I definitely wouldn't be buying a Saint. Who was your pick? It was the Astros. Oh, there you go. But I ain't buying an Astros hat. So that's Mm -mm. what I was that's what I'm saying. If I like the team (laughs) slash like the you know, their unis and their logo and stuff, I would consider it. I picked the White Sox in the AL Central, and I have an, a White You've Sox hat, a white, so I can check yeah, that You've box. had a White Sox hat, though. Yeah. But I'm not necess- I'm not a White Sox fan. I just like the logo. Do you have a Mets hat, too? I do have a Mets hat as well, yes. I didn't pick them to win this year. but You picked the Braves, right? I did pick the Braves. So we should check in. Let's check in on our predictions for the standings do you have mine yeah i'm i'm pulling it up i have it on the on our instagram here all right so we can start in the american league and just kind of check in on how things are going right now so let's start with the al east i guess why not start with the beast Mm. in the east god it makes me sick to say this i wish greg was here to just talk about it but the new york yankees 
are by far the most dominant team in the AL East at this current juncture. They are 25 wins deep with nine losses. Seven and three in their last 10. They're still doing well. All three of us, all three of the Diamond Gems (laughs) podcast hosts have predicted the Blue Jays to win the division. Now take all of these next things that we're about to say in terms of, you know, evaluating our picks with a grain of salt. It is still super early. We are definitely not giving up on our picks by any means at this point. But we're just kind of checking in and seeing if after one month has anything changed for you. And Isaac, in the AL East, you got Yankees, Rays, Blue Jays, Orioles, Red Sox dead last in the AL East. What do you expect to change here, if anything? What have you been well, surprised Well, I kind by of... Also? I haven't really... I've been surprised by the lack of offense from Toronto yep. in the last 10 or so games. Um, but... I take all of these with a grain of salt. Like none of this to me really matters as long as you can hover around 500 up until like July 1st. That's when you can turn things around. Um, I mean, you saw Atlanta become the best team in baseball after the trade deadline and they only finished with 88 wins. So they had a horrible first half of the season. They still made it work. Um, So taking things away from it, I haven't really... New York maybe is obviously overachieving. It's unlike well, it's impossible to keep up the numbers that they're keeping up. So there's going to be some regression happening. They're not going to be the first place team in baseball, and if they are, then well, I'm clearly mistaken. But I haven't really changed my tune on anything yet. The, the biggest takeaway I have from the ALE so far is that I underrated how good the New York Yankees bullpen is because. Going into this season, I remember saying for sure, we were talking about, you know, the the four teams in the AL East being Red Sox, Blue Jays, Rays, and Yankees. And me saying, I'm putting the Blue Jays over all of those teams because I think they have the best offense, the best starting pitching, and the best bullpen of all of those four teams. I think I was definitely mm-hmm. wrong on the bullpen for the Yankees. And, I mean, so far offensively, I've been wrong about the lineup as well. But I think on paper still, there's guys that are going to come through and produce. Um, They've been without, like, Teo. They've had a couple other injuries here and there as well. Um, But, I mean, you can't use injuries as an excuse because we said that they were going to be a deep team and, you know, hasn't happened yet. But the Yankees' bullpen has been quite nasty up until this point. And I, I think I slept on some some of the people in there, like, you know, your Jonathan Loisigas, guys like that who aren't your really necessarily big-name guys but took a bit of a step forward last year. And I thought maybe we're just kind of overachieving. But then this year they look like the real deal. Um, so the Yankees are definitely better than I thought they were going to be. Um just at least on the pitching front. But am I worried? A little. <laughs> I still think that, you know, it's it's super early. We'll see how things shake out. Um, the Rays had been off to a bit of a slow start and are now, you know, in second place. That was good because the Rays, for, to me, I had, like, question marks around, like, if they would actually be able to do what the Rays always do this year. 
and they've kind of clicked a little bit more now and I can see that this is probably what's going to be going on for the rest of the season with them uh Red Sox are probably not going to be as bad as they have been so far this season that should pick up I, I I just feel like things are kind of heightened right now because we're only a month in um things will normalize a little bit I think here all right AL Central do you remember who you picked Isaac I believe do we all I'm pretty sure we all had the Chicago White Sox we did so across the American League, we had unanimous division picks. Um, I think Greg actually was no, yeah, he picked the White Sox. So White Sox currently in tied in second, really, with the Guardians. They are a game below five hundred. The Minnesota Twins are actually the team in first currently. Um, I mean, they've been pretty good, I guess, twenty and fifteen. But I don't know. Like, I just, I feel like this team is not that good. I could definitely see them coming in second in the division. But I think that the White Sox, with their stellar pitching and good offensive lineup, will just kind of run away with this. Um, I don't really have too many takeaways for this division, Isaac. I don't know about you. This division's weak. It's just, I don't know. To me, it's inevitable that Chicago comes out on top in this division. I If Minnesota manages to stick around um, towards the trade deadline, maybe they make some acquisitions and actually compete for a wild card spot. But to this point, I can't really wrap my head around any other team outside of Chicago making a real push for this division. Mm-hmm. Byron Buxton obviously has been somewhat healthy. He's only been injured once so far. So... That's super helpful to him. He's like a MVP caliber player when he's on the field, and he's been on the field so far. How long can that last? We don't really know, but that's definitely a big contributor for uh, their success so far. They've also had some some decent pitching from guys that I don't expect to be decent all season. So I expect that to normalize a little bit as well. AL West, again, unanimous pick. We all had the Astros as the winner of the division they are currently in first in the division or at least tied with the angels depending how you look at it here Uh, astros 23 and 12 angels 24 and 13 so astros kind of taking the edge here with the better winning percentage astros are on a bit of a tear right now nine and one in their last 10 uh angels off to a really good start 24 and 13. I think that that's fantastic. I hope it keeps up. Do you think it can? I mean, I think it can. As long as Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, well, as long as those two are healthy, as long as Anthony Rendon pulls his weight, this is a legitimate team. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a team with holes, absolutely, but it's also a team that has underachieved for years, horrible pitching throughout the years. It's it's time to really focus in on it. So I I can see the Angels sticking around for the entire season. Okay. But I don't whether or not they stay up there with Houston, not sure. We'll see. It's been fun to watch so far. I think mm. fans of baseball 
are kind of fans of the Angels team because of you know some of the guys they have like people love tuning into at least I love tuning into Angels games just to watch Trout and Otani and I like watching Syndergaard because he's kind of nostalgic for me and (laughs) I I'm just happy to see him on the field right now Uh, also a big fan of Patrick Sandoval I like Michael Lorenzen I like some of their their starting pitchers that they have now they're kind of like under the radar guys that are are, are pretty good and have some upside. And they've been able to piece together a decent pitching staff this season, and I think that's what has been the difference because we always knew that they had, you know, the, two of the best hitters in baseball, and that's going to help your offense a lot. Um, now, behind well, that, though, like behind those, those two guys, their offense isn't great. Like they have Jared Walsh, who's pretty good. Um, Anthony Rendon, who should be good, but hasn't been still. Um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I I hope that they, they continue. Um, Mariners, below 500. Hoping that goes up because we had them as a wildcard team. All of us did, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. Rangers, 14 to 19. That's kind of what we expected. You know, they, they picked up the big middle infield, but the rest of the team still sucks. Oakland Athletics, honestly better than I would expect with a 405 winning percentage. I thought that they would be like complete bottom feeders, like Cincinnati Reds level. <laughs> but I mean, they have time. Yeah. They have time to be. I think they're going to get worse, to be honest. Yeah. I think they're actually overachieving a little bit right now, which is sad because they're still you know, seven games under 500. Um, but whatever, no point talking about the athletics. I don't think they're done selling either. <laughs> you don't think they're done selling? Do you think they're, no. they're, I think they're basically about to sell the entire franchise. That's looking more and more like it every day. When we were away, mm-hmm. did you end up seeing that, uh, that picture that someone took of like the A's attendance for the first game of like their double header? Yeah. Yeah. It was 2,400 like, people, I believe. And that's a big stadium, and they were yeah. spread out. Yep. <laughs> it's like it a 50,000, 55,000 capacity stadium or something It looked like more like there was 24 people in yeah. that stadium. 2,400 was like a record low for them, uh, or at least like a serious low for like a the last like 10 years or something like that. Um it was really bad. They have not it's been time showing to go. up. I think that this... I actually think that the A's might lose their franchise now. Before I was saying, like... I don't know, man. They have, like, a good core fan base. Like, I think that with the right, like, team on the... If they get somewhat competitive, they will get fans out there, and they'll be fine. And there was I don't, all this talk about uh, building a new stadium and stuff. Dude, if you're having 2,400 fans a game... At your stadium's stadium, gonna, yeah. You're not. You're not gonna. Your team's not gonna stay there. You're gonna lose the franchise, and you have teams like Nashville. Uh, you have Vegas. Is Vegas? We were talking about Vegas how, is ready to go. Yeah, they. Well, do you want to tell people what you were telling me about their stadium? Because I, I yeah. Found so that the really minor league, the minor league stadium there is actually built to be a major league stadium. So it's retrofit for a major league um, ballpark. So basically, the dimensions are all set up. But their outfield is meant to have to be built upon, so you'll have more um, 
seating. What's it called? You have more seating. You'll have the capacity. Well, the, no. I'm, you'll be building on top of, you'll be building more platforms, whatever, uh, to hold the seating. Uh, if you look into the stadium, forget what it's actually called, but just take a look at it. You can see in the outfield that it gets all flat. Um, is ready just to be, just throw another huge thing on it. I can't speak English right now. I can't come up with the words, but I know what you're trying to say. They basically set their, the minor league team in Vegas, their stadium is basically a foundation of a major league stadium. And as soon as they get the approval that they could have either expansion or relocation franchise, they're ready to like build onto that stadium and make it a big league stadium. Yeah. Now to Oakland, I think it's like it's annoyingly it's a time like a stadium isn't gonna put maybe it puts fans back in the stands for a little bit of time, but you're still gonna be selling. You're still not gonna be building a team once you get Billy Bean out out of the way. Once you get new ownership in there, you'll get a GM that is willing to spend money and build a strong team. So I think it's time for Oakland to lose their franchise, and I'm sorry to their fans, but they don't have enough fans to support a major league ball team even if they relocate within the city. It's just the economy in Oakland, too, can't support a baseball team. Agreed. Uh, It's sad to say because, I, I, I mean, they've been around forever. That's an old ass organization, yes. but the city cross of the bridge and go to Giants games. Oakland fans, you'll be okay. It's rough. It's Pick a rough. winning franchise. Okay, let's jump to what? the NL Central, Isaac. <laughs> uh, <Okay>. I don't. <laughs> the The reason I want to jump to the NL Central is just to quickly talk about the Reds. Um, I I know we talk about them maybe too much now, but. The one thing I that you saw those fans show up to the game with bags over their heads, correct? Mm-hmm. So, for those of you who don't know, Cincinnati Reds fans, a couple of them showed up. There, there was three guys, I think, sitting there with bags over their heads uh, that said, sell the team, Bob. And they were being interviewed, I don't know by who, uh, maybe some independent media or something like that. But... They were basically saying, you know, we love the Reds team. Like, we want to come out and support the team, but we absolutely hate the ownership group, and it's time for them to go. Mid-interview, you hear the security telling those guys that they have to take the bags off of their head. So, I I just want to say, fuck Bob Castellini and the front office in the Reds organization because it's absolutely disgusting that like you are tearing down and clearly tanking and losing on purpose and then you're mad at your friends or fans sorry for voicing their opinions on the ownership group you're just completely censoring them and not letting them air it out like that's a good way to lose fans also he's going on podcasts and stuff and saying like where else are you gonna go like baseball isn't profitable like the reds organization isn't making that much money like what do you want us to do and it's just complete lies he's just shoveling lies into the fans mouths and ears it's just i feel bad for the reds fan base right now so uh thoughts and prayers also isaac i don't know if you saw this but there was like a subreddit group that found that this one dude was planning they have like a toyota tundra or something like out in the outfield and some guy was mm. planning on going out and taking a shit in the back of the 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 bed of the truck 
in the middle of yeah. a Reds game. And, uh, <laughs> the and game then a that, minimum wage employee will clean it up. Yeah, that, that part I'm not a fan of. <laughs> but the fact that... Like, not to ruin the fun. That's what people are doing and stuff right now out of protest. The the Reds is... The organization is out of hand over there. And they've they've lost control. And it's kind of fun to watch, to be honest. <laughs> In terms of the, uh, the actual leaders and where we predicted people, though... Um, we had, let's see, let me pull this one up here. Uh, what am I looking for? Okay. NL Central, Isaac, you picked the Brew Crew. Greg and I were both a little bit hesitant to pick the Brewers because we thought that they are relying so heavily on their pitching and that their offense was no good. But who's atop the NL Central right now, Isaac? The Milwaukee Brewers, and they're scoring runs this time, too. Mm-hmm. You feeling good about that pick? Think it's going to hold? Feeling great about that pick. I, I Look, that last season when I picked them, it was more of a bold pick, and they didn't prove me wrong at all, and I didn't see, no, I didn't see any reason for them not to be the same team as they were last season. So we're here again. Um, once again, though, it's early. A lot of time to fuck things up. A lot of time for injuries. A lot of team time to regress, or a lot of team, a lot of time for other teams to get built up. So who knows? Mm-hmm. Cardinals, they're doing all right. Nine, nineteen did you pick and fifteen. The Cardinals? We saw, yeah, I did. Greg and I both picked the cards. Uh, nineteen and fifteen right now. Last last year they had a seventeen game winning streak, so definitely possible that they can overtake this. I'm glad. I'm kind of happy with where things are at right now. Only being a few games back from the Brewers, I can see them really still making a push. I don't even think the Cardinals have come into their own yet. So I'm, I'm cool with this division right now. Uh, NL East, Isaac. The New York Mets, 23-13. and 13. Let's not forget that they were winning this division going into the All-Star break last year. That being said, I feel like they look way better this season. Would you agree with that? I do, and I mean, we had them pretty high in our power rankings this year. We did. Um, we think it's a year of the Mets. Finally, a curse could be broken, but it's still the Mets. We should check ourselves before we just jump right on this bandwagon here. Well, to be fair to Isaac, we did, all three of us unanimously picked the Atlanta Braves to actually win this division. Yeah, but we thought both of these, these are two of the best teams in all of baseball. Mm-hmm. That's true. We had them, I think we had the Mets like number five or four in our power rankings, and we had the Braves number two. Yeah, two or three. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. We definitely think they're both top five teams. So, they're going to battle it out for, for the division, and we just assume one of them will pick up a wild card. Obviously, I hope the Braves 16 and 19, again, so early. We saw they weren't that good first half of last season, came on strong could easily happen again um i know west is kind of interesting right now it's very very tight race dodgers currently in first then you have the padres giants diamondbacks and rockies from the bottom to the top there's only four and a half games separating the rockies from the dodgers that's kind of interesting i can't believe one of the most shocking things so far this season is that the diamondbacks are 18 and 17 i thought this was going to be like bottom three team in all of baseball and they still could be, I guess, but they've been, they've been pretty good so far. 
that that's just going to be a fun division like at least with the top three teams with the Dodgers Padres and Giants that'll be a really fun division to watch all year long we all picked the Dodgers so we'll see how that plays out all right Isaac let's quickly touch on our hmm MVP predictions I guess oh no let's go Cy Young first so on your laptop there, can you pull up some uh, some quick stats for me and just check in on the performances of these guys? Let's start with your Cy Young winner, Isaac. Dylan Cease. How's yeah, he been you doing? you got to give me a second. This shit is real slow. Okay. <laughs> um, he was doing good. He got lit the other day, but it was such a weird line. He had 11 strikeouts, 6 hits, and 6 earned runs <laughs> against the Yankees. 11 strikeouts. Uh, in four innings, also. You did in. say you picked him for the most because he had really good strikeout upside, correct? Crazy strikeout ratio. Where are you, Dylan Cease, right now, buddy? Here, I found. I, I've got I his got numbers it. here. Okay, you go. Okay. Uh, three point five five ERA, over thirty eight innings. He has, I believe, fifty eight strikeouts. Jeez. Uh, yeah, he's seven and seven. Is that what he is? Oh no, that's never mind. Well, I'm tripping. Why would he be seven and seven this early? <laughs> seven starts. Seven yeah, starts. I, yeah, this, that's here all messed up. By the way, um, he's three and one. I can't actually pull down all these stats. I need to get off. Do not look at stats on MLB.com for anybody listening to this. Yeah, use only baseball use baseball reference. references. Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> all right, well, we I can bring up mine, Isaac. Please. The 39-year-old ace, absolute ace of the Houston Astros rotation. Bro, did you pick him? Oh, I did. Oh, I picked Justin Verlander to win the American League Cy Young, and he is currently leading the MLB in wins with five and whip with a .679. Nasty. That is nasty. He's also got a one three eight ERA, not too, not too shabby. And let's yeah. see, he's got forty one strikeouts so far through forty five innings. So the K per nine, not exceptional, but okay. You never know. He's man. juicing. Now let me jump back to Dylan C's for a second because I didn't wasn't able to give him a true number. His FIP this season is two point three four. So his ERA is th- currently three point five five is inflated. Um, his strikeout per nine is 13.7 and he's three and one. So I am 1.105 year. I mean, whip, there's a huge upside here still that I would not. Yeah. This discount. I think he's, yeah, he's a legitimate contender at this point. He just has to tighten things up a little bit. Well, I would say Isaac that all of our, Cy Young picks in the American League are actually looking pretty good at this point. Because Who did Greg pick? Greg picked Lucas Giolito, the rotation mate of Dylan Cease. And so far, Giolito has a 2.7 ERA, uh, 1.12 whip, and a 12.5 K per nine. Uh, now, unfortunately, he has been... I think he, he had a slight injury at some point, and now he's on the, the COVID injured list. So he's had a bit of tough luck so far, um, but you know, overall the early results have still been good. And you get him back in that rotation, he's still gonna probably make, you know, 
29 starts, at least I would think. That could be enough for him to to snag a Cy Young and at least be in the discussion for it this season. So our Cy Young picks so far in the American League looking pretty good. Um, Let's check out the National League. Do you remember who you picked, Isaac? No. I've got it here if you don't remember. Tell me who I picked. You picked uh, a Marlin. Oh, yeah. Sandy Alcantara. Yes, sir. Let's go. That's He's my been... boy. I don't know why I knew I picked him, actually. Do you have his numbers there? Yeah, I do. Go for it. His uh, win-loss ratio might actually hurt him because they still look at that as a thing. The older voters. Uh 2.74 ERA over 42 innings. Which is a lot. I don't yeah. know what the lead leader is. His whip is a little bit high right now. His FIP is the opposite of Dylan Cease's 4.06. Uh, his K per nine is always a concern with him. It's crazy that he never has a super high K per nine with the kind of stuff he throws. He's not really a, a strikeout pitcher. He's a pitch to contact guy, and which is insane for who he is. Um, his ERA plus right now is 149. Yeah. <laughs> He's uh, definitely in contention, but he he's the guy playing in that small market that's really going to have to pitch lights out and do something incredible to overcome his position in Miami. Yep. So Sandy Alcantara, Isaac, his 42.2 innings pitched so far, 42 and two-thirds, I should say, is 13th yeah. in all of baseball, so pretty good. Uh, you got Frankie Montas leading, followed by Robbie Ray, Aaron Nola, Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns being top four is kind of interesting, honestly, with 45 innings pitched. It's concerning. Last... Is it concerning to, to you? Me. It concerns me for with Milwaukee. Just health? Yeah, for health, workload issues. I they're gonna be want to they're gonna want to be careful at some point in the season if they have a lead. Uh, like a pretty, if they have a league in the division late in the season, you may see Corbin Burns fade a little bit because he's not gonna be like it's gonna be has a workload management concern mm-hmm. all the time with a guy like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, last year we saw him mostly go like six innings at a time, so he's obviously going a little bit deeper in games right now. Uh, we'll we'll see yeah. how it goes, but he's he's been nasty so far this season. Uh, loyal fans of Diamond Gems will remember that I correctly picked Corbin Burns to win the Cy Young last season. Yes, so that uh, was genius. It was it was not too bad of a pick. He's got a one seven seven ERA so far this year and oh. a point seven nine WHIP. He's got uh, fifty seven Ks so far through forty five. Back innings. to back, Cy so Youngs. He is he's definitely making a solid case right now for back to back Cy Youngs early in the season here. Um, now, I was actually going to give you Greg's pick. Oh, for this season, Greg's just because I have it pulled up right now. Um, Greg picked Walker Bueller. I feel like okay. one of us has picked Walker Bueller over the last couple years. Uh, every time. He's just a guy that keeps having good seasons and keeps putting himself in that discussion. Uh, so far, he's four and one, two eight one ERA, one point one seven WHIP, and uh, he has a complete game shutout so far, across forty one point two innings. So, uh, hasn't got shelled enough to have any concerns so far. He's uh, <laughs> potentially going to be in that discussion. Stable presence now. My pick, on the other hand, maybe 
has been shelled a little too much and is already putting himself out of contention. But he has been scratching and clawing and making his way back in. Uh, I did not realize when I picked this man that he actually was having a little bit of shoulder issues in the spring training. Uh oh. Had I known that, I 100% would not have picked him. But I'm standing by my pick because, you know, that's I, I, don't, I don't really have a choice. I picked him. It's out there. I picked Zach Wheeler. Uh, so far, he is 1-3 with a 4.26 ERA and a 1.26 oh. whip. That is not going to get it Uh-oh. done. Uh-oh. He's got a 9 strikeout per 9 innings. Uh, not ideal either. The Down reason I picked him season. was that last year he finished second in Cy Young voting. Uh, all of his peripherals when you go on Baseball Savant from last season were fantastic. The underlying metrics showed that he could do it again. Uh, put up 213 innings last year. So, I mean, led the league in strikeouts. The problem really is that if he's hurt, he's <laughs> he's not going to put up the bulk that he needs to um, in order to potentially win this award. So that's probably the worst so far of our picks. He's like the one guy that right now, if the season ended, is 100% not in Cy Young discussion. All of our other picks, honestly, looking pretty good. All right, let's go. Uh, let's go rookie of the year, I guess, because that should be Quickly. pretty pretty easy. Um, yeah. Bobby Witt Jr. was our pick. How's he been doing? <laughs> I think pretty mediocre, right? Well, he was really bad at the beginning. Where is he at now? All right, so far, yeah, not great. <laughs> he's up. He's doing. He's doing great now. Is His he? average is up to two seventeen. <laughs> 629 OPS, like, 83 OPS plus, not ideal. But it's early, you know, have some early MLB adjustment struggles. He's still on the Royals. He hasn't got sent down yet. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, let's let's hope that he turns that around. Greg he picked- will. He, he has been turning it around, though. That's the thing. Mm. He's been better. Great, uh, Greg picked J-Rod. He has not been great either, I don't think. Oh, boy, am I wrong. Oh, wait, that's spring training. Never mind. <laughs> uh, boy, so far you is f- nah. Oh, he's turning it around a little bit. He had a really slow start to the season as well. Uh, he's still he has 10, 10 bases stolen bases. Already. Yeah, that's a lead in base. Didn't expect that. That's didn't expect him <laughs> Didn't expect him to have t- uh, 10 stolen bases, only two home runs, and a 696 OPS. Yeah. But... He has been above average, mm-hmm. so there we go. PS plus, I think that I'll take it. I mean, from for one month sample size, you don't hate that. Twenty one years old, twenty one yeah. years old. I, I that's pretty good. Yeah, I think he's not it fantastic. Up. His slugging percentage is is what's really dragging him down right now. Mm-hmm. But he's looking better than Bobby Wood Jr. right now. He is. Yep. Um. Okay, National League. Still not worried about Bobby Wood Jr. Yeah, me neither. Uh, Greg picks Cito Sanchez. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he hasn't pitched yet this year. Let me see. Yeah. No, he is not. So that's a terrible pick. That was a questionable pick from the jump. Uh, Seiya Suzuki, <laughs> on the other hand. Pretty had, much a lock. Had become an early favorite and then slumped a little and then got hurt for a bit. But still, uh, he's got a 257 batting average currently uh 842 OPS 140 OPS oh, plus Oh, he's getting on base. 
Yeah. Yeah. Four, four He's the guy right now. RBIs. He's the guy right now for sure. So that's looking pretty good. Yeah, that felt like a very safe pick. It it did, but it also didn't just because it's like, how is a new guy to... Well, it's just it? because cause of his age. This was like the yeah. second Randy Rosarena prediction we had last year. Yeah, we said he was like now, kind of a, a, yeah. a man playing amongst boys, right? Yes. For, for this award. Amer- yeah. In the American League this year, I mean, Bobby Wood Jr. was one of the main, well, probably the number one favorite, but there was a lot more opportunity for other guys in the American League with, like, I don't know. You had a bunch of top prospects coming in the American League. Um, but, yeah, it was more of a toss-up. I felt like, say, Suzuki, I was confident with it. Like, he might fall off. But at this point, like, just based on experience, this guy is not a rookie. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care what MLB says. I am If I'm putting... If we're doing rookie of the year and have the opportunity to put a guy in his athletic prime in that spot, I'll take it all day. He can cheat his way there. <laughs> yes, sir. Let's take it to the bank. I've got futures on him for sure, so we'll see. Um, Aaron Judge was Greg's AL MVP pick. So far, that's looking real good, I believe, right? Oh, yeah. Until the legs give out. Looking quite nice. Yeah, but that we said that last year, and they didn't. This man, Isaac, is now a yoga fanatic, okay? <laughs> it's not going to happen again. He's fine. He played 148 games last year. He is set to go. Aaron That's Judge. That's his second highest in his career. Yeah. It's crazy. Aaron Judge is easily right. my favorite player on my least favorite team. That is mm-hmm. no question. I love Aaron Judge. Uh, so far, he's got a 1,000 OPS, 194 OPS+. plus. Batting 296, leading the league, leading the majors, in fact, with 12 home runs. He's got 27 RBIs, leading the American League with 28 runs scored. He is off to a fantastic start. Greg's pick of Aaron Judge is looking like the probable MVP currently, if it was to end today. Yeah, well, everybody, Aaron Judge was bound to, everyone... 10 years ago, not 10 years ago, five years ago, six years ago, said this guy is going to get an MVP at some point in his career. And based off injuries, that hasn't come true. Greg may have got the year. He might have. He may May have. have. Greg correctly predicted AL MVP last year with Shohei Otani. Can he go back to back? Could Greg go back to back? He might. All right. My pick. Isaac, do you remember who yours is? You should pull it up in the meantime. Yeah, I got it. Okay, well, I picked uh, Vlad Jr. to win. He's got a 280, 352, 480 slash. That's a 832 OPS, 145 OPS plus, uh, seven home runs, 20 RBIs. He's been good, but he has not been to the level that he was last year. Still lots of time for him to turn it on. He's been good enough that he's not taking himself out of contention for the rest of the season for sure. Um, as a Blue Jays fan, hoping he turns it on very soon because they need some dubs. Yeah. Tell us about Wander. Now, I took the flyer with Wander Franco this year. I knew there was, there was concerns with his power just because he's still young and developing, and there was like legitimate power concerns that would hold him back from MVP, and it's kind of showing this year. He's also been... He hasn't had much plate discipline, which I did not. I 
did not expect from Wander Franco. This is a guy that is has a great eye and will take his walks. His OBP right now is only 308 and his batting average is 285. So he's only getting on base when he hits essentially. So it's not looking good in that regard, but he still has a 132 OPS plus. He's still been an effective hitter. He has a lot of time to turn things around, but he may already be too far back in a couple categories. He only has four home runs. He only has three stolen bases. I expected 30. Well, I didn't really expect, but at minimum 2020 still could be 2020. But I was hoping 25-25 season from mm-hmm. Wander Franco, and it's not looking like that's going to happen unless he really turns it on, which is also very possible because this is mm-hmm. a generational talent. Still not pro- probably called this way too early, though. Maybe probably should have jumped on this boat. Yeah, let this guy develop a little bit more. We'll see. We'll see. I hope he turns it on. I would love a Wander mm-hmm. MVP. Yes. And the bank account would love a Wander MVP. There you go. Those are some juicy odds. Yes, sir. All right. I'm going to give Greg another giant shout out. Greg has, for some reason, just been killing the MVP picks. Rookie of the year picks, terrible. Cito Sanchez, what the fuck are you thinking, man? But <laughs> also, when Greg made this pick, I was like, dude, are you serious? Like, really? That's your MVP pick? Do you remember who he picked, Isaac? No. <laughs> he picked Manny Machado. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for National League MVP. And we were both like, that seems kind of wild. Like, Machado's good, but he's never been, like, MVP level, right? And, I mean, I guess, actually, in 2015, he was fourth in MVP voting. And last year, even, actually, he was... Oh, no, no he, sorry, he 2020, was he was third. Year. Yeah, COVID year, though. He was, COVID year, COVID exactly. Year. He was third. Um, but, so far, Isaac... I can say this. Manny Machado has been the best hitter in the National League and maybe all of baseball so far this season. Aaron Judge I mean, also anybody with a anybody with a 443 OBP is going to win MVP. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. And also a 205 OPS plus. Yeah. Manny Machado it, is hitting the crap out of the ball. He's currently leading the league in hits, hits. with 46, batting average with 359. On OBP, like Isaac mentioned, 443. OPS is a 1029. And yeah, his OPS plus also leading the league, a 205. Pretty crazy. I, I don't know what Greg did. And intentionally, like, I, yeah. I don't know how Greg managed to pick guys like this. It's like, weird. he was right on the money. Like, Shohei, he was on the year, and we were like, I mean, Shohei's great, but is he going to be healthy? Is he going to be Barry Bonds? And he was. Babe Ruth. And then, I mean, Babe oh, oopsie. <laughs> Babe Ruth. Oh, my God. It's all good. <laughs> is it, though? No. Babe Ruth no, killed his not. wife. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I know what you're saying, though. Like, I, I don't know. These are shots in the dark, and so far, they're right. Like... He knows right something now, if, we if don't, the season man. Ends, Aaron Judge is MVP in the American League. Manny Machado is MVP. <laughs> so huge shout he out to Greg. He knows something that we don't. Yeah, Greg's got the inside scoop. Okay, uh, Bryce Harper was my pick. I believe he's off to a great start. I haven't actually really checked in, but let's Checking see. Checking right now for you. Oh, yeah, looking, looking real nice. He's leading the league in slug, uh, also Oof. leading the National League with nine home runs. 
uh, leading the league with 14 doubles, leading the league with 29 runs scored. And total base is also leading the league. Um, 183 OPS plus, 994 OPS, 305 batting average. That's looking pretty good, too. Uh, not Manny Machado level, but I have a little bit more faith that Bryce could potentially go back-to-back here with his MVP and you know continue his success throughout the entire season. Manny, I find it harder to see him keeping the hot streak, so I'm pretty cool with where... Yeah, Bryce is right now. Well, to this point in Bryce's season, it's very similar to what he was doing at this time last season too. Mm-hmm. So, and we know who Bryce Harper is. Did you know what happened to Bryce Harper, Isaac? What happened to Bryce Harper? So I didn't know this either because it happened while we were on vacation. But uh, our friend, friend of the podcast, Scott is uh, also runs the Jumping Guillotine MMA page. Go check that out. Shaped by Sports Boys for Life. Uh, Bright, or he, sorry, now I'm all thrown off. <laughs> Scott texted me and told me Bryce Harper, uh, he said, thank God for the universal DH. And I said, why? And he said, because now Bryce Harper is not going to miss any time. Bryce Harper has a partially torn UCL, Isaac. Tommy John vibes, basically. If he, so now he's just, he's DHing for probably the rest of the season because he can't throw the ball because he has a partially torn UCL. So, and that could mean off season surgery. It could mean off season surgery for sure. But a UCL tear generally happens to pitchers and it's what leads to Tommy John surgery, which takes people out from anywhere from a year to like 15 months um so very scary he better happening to him but the fact that the universal dh here is saving bryce harper from potentially missing an entire season so for all of the universal dh naysayers this is a in your face type of example of why the universal dh is good for baseball are you telling me, Bryce Harper, you'd rather that this UCL tear keeps him out of the lineup for an entire season? No. You can't tell me that. Bryce Harper is good for baseball. He's an exciting player to watch. He makes the Phillies a better team. And the Universal DH saved us from losing Bryce Harper for an entire season. What this also means, though, is he really needs to rake yeah. like more than he did last season because we know if you're not if your name's not Shohei Otani then the DH the full-time DH label really harms your ability to win MVP just ask David Ortiz and the only reason that the DH didn't hurt Shohei last year is because he was also on the mount <laughs> <laughs> like he was also pitching yes so he He's was still position player exactly so it's true it it does definitely hurt his chances but the way that it happened in that you know he was in the field suffered an injury and is now Mm. the designated hitter there's a story there exactly playing with it yeah i wonder if that'll give it a little bit more leniency for some of the voters like he's not a designated hitter he just had to be because he was injured and despite being injured you know he was this good that he was he was still able to hit at an mvp Mm. level We'll see. It's a good story, and it's really interesting to see. Yes. And uh, thank, thank God for it. the Universal DH. 
Isaac. Yes. You picked the boy. Young crotch grabber. Juan Soto. How's he doing? Let's see. I was like, I didn't even know who I picked, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Let me see. I'm clicking on him right now. He's not doing Juan Soto things, that's for sure. Not doing Bryce Harper things either, baby. Or Manny Machado. <laughs> to be fair, Juan Soto, yikes. This is not Juan Soto, Jacob. What is happening? <laughs> this is an imposter. Yeah. You mean you mean to tell me his OPS isn't above 900? What? His OPS plus is only 163? What? I expect Juan Soto to blow the roof off the league every time he comes up to bat. He should have a 210 OPS plus. <laughs> um, yeah, no. It's not horrible. It's not bad at all, actually. He has eight home runs, uh, leading the league in walks. It's 260 batting average, 394 OBP, so he's taking a lot of walks, obviously. Uh, 496 slugging percentage leads to an 890 OPS. So it's not like he's not doing anything wrong. He is still having a fantastic season. He's just getting walked too much almost. Like They're not pitching to him. He's getting the Barry Bonds treatment because this is is the best hitter in all of baseball. Okay. Is that? A, I don't even think that's a bold take. I think he's the best hitter in all of baseball. I think Vladimir Guerrero Jr. definitely. Has I think Juan Soto is better than he has Vladimir better, Guerrero Jr. Yeah, he's got better plate discipline for sure. So maybe that's fair. I All mean, right. he had a 465 OB, OB, OBP last season. Yeah. Like, he's pretty we're good. good. Yeah. All right, Isaac. I think we should wrap this up. I feel like anything else we talk about at this point in terms of recent events and stuff, I'm just going to be talking out my ass and it's not going to sound good. So like I mentioned, Diamond Gems listeners, we are going to be tuned back into baseball over the next week. Make sure we're coming with absolute fire for you. So just be tuned in and uh, yeah, we'll be back next next week. I don't want to, I was going to say next Monday morning because that is when we regularly drop our episodes, but you never know. Sometimes we record a day late or even a day early. So just expect an episode next week. Uh, back to our regular scheduled programming. Thank you for allowing us to take a vacation. You know, we didn't get any angry comments or anything like, where the fuck y'all at? What's going on? Which actually maybe is not a good thing. I don't know if that's a good <laughs> thing, Jacob. <laughs> it's true. But thank you for tuning into this episode anyways. And uh, yeah. Oh, I guess I, I was going to put a fantasy segment in here. So if you're sticking along sticking around for the fantasy stay on here if not you don't care about fantasy we'll catch you next week peace all right jacob jumping back in here for our fantasy notes for this week so unfortunately i am releasing this on a tuesday afternoon there is a bunch of double headers going down today and the first game looks like it is going to take place at three just give me one second to confirm that slow wi-fi painful uh 210 looks like it's actually the first game for today followed by another at 310 so lineups lock at 210 p.m eastern standard time so make sure you get your lineup set before that hopefully 
you're catching this right before. But if not, I tried to get some guys that aren't only relevant for Tuesday, just assuming that not everyone's going to listen immediately after this podcast comes out. So doing it a little different than normal this week, just like like we've said all podcast long, we're just a little out of sorts this week. So instead of doing our regular fuck, Mary kill game that we've done the past couple of weeks, we are actually just going to do, uh, I'm just going to give you two starters, two relievers, and two hitters that are worth taking a look at this week. Uh, not your traditional, like, you know, this is your pickup, this is your drop, this is your long-term hold. I really just took six guys that I'm kind of now interested in. I'm not saying necessarily that you should pick each of these guys up, but if you are looking for something specific, maybe these guys can help you fill the void. So with that being said, first I will start with starting pitchers. So honestly, both of these guys are kind of long shots, I would say. Uh, You know, we've seen a lot of bad from them in the past. They've had high expectations. Um, you know, the first guy I'm about to mention probably passed his prime here, but still potentially fantasy relevant, depending how deep your league is. So all of these guys also are widely available. Most of them are under like 30% owned. So should be pretty easy for you to potentially snag these guys. So I'll start it out with the guy you probably need to hear about first, which is Jamison Tyone. Uh, the reason I say that he should be mentioned first is because he's got a two-start week right now. Uh, his first game is against Baltimore tonight in Baltimore, which has become a little bit more of a pitcher-friendly park this year because they moved that left field wall back a bit. Uh, he's actually pitched very well so far this season. He's got a 293 ERA and a 117 whip thus far. He's also 3-1 and because of the strong supporting Yankees offense. You know, with the matchup against Baltimore today, I definitely, I picked him up in on both of my teams for this week. Just for that one start in Baltimore, his second start is against the Chicago White Sox on Sunday. Obviously, the White Sox are a better offensive team than Baltimore is and don't like that matchup quite as much. But he has been pretty good this year, even against some some of the stronger opponents. So worth potentially trying to snag for a, a win. Uh, you can kind of hold on to him and see how he does against Baltimore today. And then, you know, if he's if he went if he did good today, then you can hang on to him and see. Just see where you're at come Sunday and you know. Use your, use your common sense. Decide, is it worth me throwing him out there? Depends. If you're getting blown out in ERA and whip, it's always worth throwing in a starter to try and grab a win or increase your strikeouts. So uh, Jamison Tyone is my number one for you to take a look at this week. Number two is actually, it honestly kind of brings me some pain to say this, but as a Blue Jays fan, it also brings me some happiness. So it's kind of a bittersweet thing here. Uh, Yusei Kikuchi had a very shaky start to the season. He had a really bad start against Houston and was having trouble, you know, commanding the strike zone. He was giving up a lot of walks. Over his last three starts, he's been really good. And, you know, Kikuchi is a guy who came over from Japan as a complete star in Japan 
and never really met the expectations in Seattle. However, he has actually put up decent numbers this season, just ERA and whip-wise. He's got a 338 ERA so far and a 128 whip. Uh, he's also 2-1, and one, has 33 strikeouts. So, honestly, I kind of am interested in Kikuchi after his last three starts. So, on May 4th, Kikuchi pitched at home against the Yankees. Fantastic start. Six innings, three hits, one walk, one earned run, and seven strikeouts against the New York Yankees. Then, he faced the Yankees in back-to-back starts at New York the next time. And he went five and one-third, two hits, three walks, two earned runs, and seven strikeouts once again. Yesterday, he started against Seattle, his former team, and had an excellent start again, allowing only one hit and three walks, no earned runs through six innings with six strikeouts. So I'm liking the way Yusei Kikuchi is trending. His start this week is his second start this week is not until Sunday, but it's against the worst team in baseball, which is the Cincinnati Reds. So I love that start for him. And, you know, he's got, he's a guy that I, like I mentioned, had high expectations. They've been kind of trying to figure it out. He's a guy that people have said has really good stuff, but makes questionable decisions in terms of pitch selection and pitch usage. Uh, the Blue Jays have said they want him to use his fastball more because he does have a good mid-90s fastball that is kind of deceptive to hitters. And if he can mix that in, it makes his secondary stuff better. So it's kind of a similar situation. People are, are comparing him a lot to Robbie Ray from last season where you know everyone knew that Robbie Ray had excellent stuff, really good pitching tools. However, his command was off. His timing was off, and they did. The Blue Jays did not like the, his pitch usage at that time. So, this could be the Pete Walker effect starting to take hold. Uh, for those of you who aren't Blue Jays fans, Pete Walker is the Blue Jays pitching coach, and after what he did with Robbie Ray last year, people are <laughs> pretty high on Pete Walker as a pitching coach. Let me say that again: as a pitching coach because of the off-field stuff that has happened. We're not bringing that into this. We are talking about what he might be doing for Yusei Kikuchi right now, and it's looking good. So I'm definitely going to try to pick up Kikuchi for the start on Sunday. Uh, just so you know, his roster percentage is actually climbing right now, higher than I realized. It's 45.8, so just under that 50% threshold that we try to deliver on this show, plus nine over the last week so it's going up quickly. People are seeing that he's doing well. And based on, you know, the name value and everything around him, uh, you're going to want to scoop him pretty quickly. I'm trying to hold off until Sunday, to be honest, because I'm a little bit, you know, I have other moves I need to make during the week and you might be in the same boat. But if you're up big already or you are playing someone weak or you're in a buy, might be worth trying him out now. All right, let's move into relievers. So I'll go quickly through this because it's not that exciting. Not a ton of great options in my leagues anyways, but I am in saves and hold leagues, so relievers are hard to come by. Um, I'm going to start out, though, with Brooks Raley. He is a relief pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays. Over his last 15 days, he has a win, two saves, and a hold. 
On the season, he's got three saves, four holds, with a 270 ERA, one whip, and 13 strikeouts through his 10 innings pitched. Looks like Tampa Bay is starting to put him in good sit in such good situations. Obviously, they have a closer by committee type of thing going in Tampa Bay, which is is common of them. But if they're putting Brooks Raley in high leverage situations, that you're going to get your saves and your holds here and there. Uh, good ratios so far. I just like what I've been seeing from him, and yeah, super widely available and worth worth picking up if you're in a holds league or a saves plus holds league. Uh, yeah. Next, I'm going to mention Joe Smith. Now he is with the Minnesota Twins. It feels like he's been on like ten teams, but currently with the Minnesota Twins, uh, he is a holds league only type of guy. He is not getting any save opportunities, but he does has have seven holds on the season. He has yet to give up a run also with a 0.81 whip. Uh, Minnesota has seemed to be upping his usage as of late. When I would look at he had pitched on like the 13th, 14th, and the 15th. So they're putting him in games in high leverage situations. Uh, twins are winning some ba- baseball games, so they are getting those hold opportunities. If you need holds, Joe Smith is a guy who has a good track record of delivering good numbers overall when he is on the field. So you can kind of juice that orange and maybe count on him to grab you a couple holds this week. Now, as we move into our hitters, it brings me so much joy to say this this week, but Miguel Cabrera has once again become fantasy relevant. You know, over the last couple of seasons, numbers have not been great. Not someone that has been highly rostered and rightfully so. But now, Miguel Cabrera is on a hot streak. He, over his last 15 games, is batting 347 with a 908 OPS. He's got two homers and seven RBIs. Juice this orange. Miguel Cabrera is only 8% owned right now. He's first base and DH eligible. He's getting every day at bats. While he is on this hot streak, pick up Miguel Cabrera and hope that he can hang and go to his, you know, his, get back to his old ways, basically. Uh, I'm not sure how long that is actually going to be feasible. I don't know how much you can really expect him to to be the Miguel Cabrera of past years, but while he's going, why not give Miggy a shot? Everybody that listens to this show knows we are super pro Miggy, so if there's an opportunity for me to pick up Miguel Cabrera, I'm picking him up. And then the second hitter I've got for you guys to this week is Darren Ruff. He is batting 375 with a 1018 OPS, nine runs scored, five RBIs, and a homer over his past 15 days. He's first base and outfield eligible and DH eligible, if that matters in your league. He's at Coors Field right now. We know that's a hitter's paradise. I love streaming hitters for. Coors Field series. Darren Ruff is a guy that is actually not an everyday starter for the San Francisco Giants. Uh, he's a bit of a platoon guy, matchups guy, but when he's in the lineup, he has been very effective. So he's a guy that is worth potentially picking up as a bench piece for you uh, because of his positional eligibility that helps you. And 
you know, if you think of him as a bench piece where you slot him in kind of either on your infield or your outfield or in that utility slot whenever you need him and whenever you can confirm that he's actually starting in the game, he's probably going to give you good ratios. So what that means basically is over the course of the season, at the end of the year, his counting stats might not be fantastic because he's not getting everyday opportunities, but because he when he is in the lineup, he's very effective. So if you can slot him into your lineup on those days that he's playing, you're probably going to win some matchups throughout the week. So that would be my fantasy advice for you this week. You can take it or leave it. My fantasy seasons are not going as planned so far this year, but as I've mentioned in the past, I have a pretty good track record as a fantasy baseball player, and that's pretty much my resume. You know, I I haven't worked at like ESPN or anything like that. I don't do that shit, but I have won multiple leagues in the past. I usually finish in top five, not to be cocky, but that is what I bring to the table, and if you are looking to do something like that, I figured passing on my fantasy advice is potentially going to help you do that. If you're doing the same things I'm doing and it's working for me, it might work for you as well. So that's it. Thank you for tuning in to Diamond Gems this week. Be sure to like, subscribe, leave a kind review wherever you listen. Follow us on Instagram at Shape by Sports and at Diamond Gems Podcast. Also be sure to check out our website, shapebysports.com, where you will find the other offerings that we provide to you, like our MMA page, our left side lock hockey podcast the scramble squad golf podcast all of their instagram pages we got a bunch of blogs on the website a lot of cool stuff go check it out and we will catch you next week